Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News Break. I know what all of you are thinking. This is not Friday. What is this little short man uh, doing on my computer screen and my social media feed uh, when it's not Friday? Well, I'm here to bring you the news as a surprise one day early. Don't worry, it'll still go out on our podcast uh, if you look for Tennessee Conservative uh, on uh, anywhere you get your podcast. But I'm bringing you the news today uh, a day early because I'm going out of town to celebrate uh, 11 years of marital bliss. I hope it's 11 years. I think it's 11 years of marital bliss uh, with my wife. So we're going to the uh, hills of Carolina, uh, North Carolina, uh, to do that. And so I got lots of good things coming up this weekend. Going to get out for a long weekend and uh, go from there. Uh, we got big stories for you. I'm going to cover anyway. We got a little special interest uh, uh, news, a little bit of home cooking is what I call it, a little bit of palm greasing. Uh, we got some information about school choice. Uh, we're going to cover a gamut of issues. And while I am gone uh, and in a way, Jason is going to uh, fill you in on some very interesting uh, legislation and a interview I just did with Senator Bo Watson about social media censorship. So we got lots coming down your way, and we're going to start off with this first story. Headline, special interest groups spend $60 million a year to curry favor with Tennessee legislators. Former Republican lawmaker Martin Daniel from Knox County said, if the interest groups are willing to spend that kind of money to make their voice heard and to sway the opinion of legislators, there are some very important things that might affect persons here in the state uh, going on right in the legislature. Uh, according to Daniel, lobbyists are advocating for their client and not necessarily the best interest of the state and for Tennessee. Uh, Debbie Gould of the Nonpartisan League of Women Voters said, obviously, uh, that, much, uh, that much of an investment, meaning the $60 million, uh, means somebody thinks they're getting value out of it. Uh, her meaning is clear. These groups are not spending money for no reason. And think about it. Let's just take a break. $60 million a year. If you weren't getting legislation passed that was in your special interest uh, group's interest, would you continue to dump that kind of money up in Nashville? And, you know, you take $60 million and you divide it by uh, the number of legislators up there. Let's just do a little math. I can't remember exactly what the number is. I think, uh, let, let's just call it 200 for simple math. I don't think it's 200. Uh, there's, let's just call it 200. If you take $60 million, we're just going to do some math here together, and we're going to divide that by 200 representatives, they're spending roughly $300,000 a representative. What are you getting? Must be something really good. Back to the story. Daniel said that money buys access to legislators because those lobbyists are frequently in the Cordell Hall building. It buys them awareness as to what's going on. I would suggest it probably buys them a little bit more. On the first day of this year's legislative session, now this is, get this, uh, as the business on the House and the Senate floors were completed in just 20 minutes, after the public went home, legislators met in the uh, State uh, Museum for a private reception. There uh, were table of uh, food, free wine, liquor, lobbyists rubbed shoulders, etc., uh, with members of the House and Senate and the governor's office. The price of this event, $65,000, paid by the Tennessee Chamber of Commerce and Industry, along with some of the state's largest corporations like Amazon and FedEx, companies that uh, incidentally uh, received large tax breaks. There's a, there's a big commonality. Thanks, thanks for a little pay-for-play. Here's some food. 
Another reception the next night atop the downtown Sheraton. This time the tab was picked up by short-term lenders who take care who take tens of millions of dollars every day uh, while charging exorbitant interest rates uh, to the most impoverished Tennesseans. Now, half of me, I'm like, let the free market do what the free market does. If you want to be uh, wasteful with your money, uh, and if you want to take out high-interest loans, that go after it, okay? I, I'm kind of on the fence on that stuff. But just biblically speaking, uh, you know, it says, uh, I think in Proverbs, that a, a man should run, uh, a, a debtee should run from the debtor as a uh, gazelle runs from the lion. So uh, if it's borderline usury, probably not the best thing in the world. Uh, the truth is, almost every night there's some event, some group wants to influence lawmakers. One of the biggest spenders in the states uh, is, is the hospital industry. And we've seen uh, what they did over the last two years uh, as people wanted alternative medical treatments. They've spent an, an estimated $10 million over the last five years. So what, I mean, what, why would you spend that much money trying to influence legislators unless they're doing something for you that is against someone else's benefit? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's home birth centers. And you want those things shut out and eliminated. Maybe it's something else so you can have unfair competition. I don't know what it is, but uh, this looks uh, like a lot of impropriety. That includes the Tennessee Hospital Association as well as individual hospital change. Lobbyists are not the only ones trying to influence Tennessee's leaders. Millions of dollars are donated to legislators' political campaigns by special interests. And I, I call this uh, what I call, uh, I call it PAC welfare. And Republicans have gotten so lazy about raising money back in their home districts from people that actually vote for them and businesses inside their district, they get hooked on this PAC welfare, and they get hooked on these uh, the, the members of these PACs that sit on this board uh, of different political action campaigns, and it gets to where 50, 60, 70% of their money comes from somebody that has nothing to do with the district. And so when the district's interests are in conflict with the special interest, uh, uh, then often, guess what? Guess who gets to uh, guess who gets to get that? Uh, typically, uh, the, the the district gets thrown out the door, and the special interests are the ones that get the vote uh, or the law passed. As you uh, watch this, if you will, leave in the comments section where you're watching from uh, and what you think about these um, think about these topics. I'd like to hear your input. Next bill, Tennessee bill that would disqualify congressional candidates, uh, Ortegas and Starbuck, raises constitutional questions. This is what I call some good old home cooking. And this is, if you don't want to run against uh, somebody and it looks like they might be difficult to defeat, why not have them pass some legislation so you don't even have to run, about it, run against them? And this is some good old Tennessee home cooking. So a bill that would put an additional uh, residency requirement on candidates seeking congressional seats in Tennessee advanced Tuesday from a Senate committee, but its constitutionality was questioned. Uh, Senator Frank Nicely's bill would require candidates to vote in three of the previous statewide elections before running for a uh, party's nomination in a U.S. Uh, Senate or U.S. House uh, race. The senator uh, plans to amend the bill to change the rule to three years. The bill is recommended for passage 5-1 to one by the Senate committee with Todd Gardenhire casting the only dissenting Republican vote. I can't believe it. I'm, I might kind of sort of be with Todd on this one. I never thought I'd say that. Uh, should the bill progress and eventually pass into law, it would disqualify District 5 uh, congressional candidates, Robbie Starbuck and uh, Morgan Ortegas. However, the committee's attorney warned that there have been cases like this before and they have all been ruled unconstitutional. So we shall see. On the one hand, 
Starbuck and uh, Ortegas. I know Robbie Starbuck, we've had him on the program a couple of times. I think he'd make a great candidate. Uh, I'm going to interview uh, Ms. Ortegas here in the next uh, little while, I think sometime in March. Um, on the one hand, you know, rules are rules, right? When you run for office, hey, Nabin, how are you doing? Thank you, doing a good job, sir. We got Dan over here. Keep up the great work, Brandon, and happy anniversary. Well, I appreciate that. That's very nice. I'll leave in the comment section where you're uh, watching from and what you think about what I cover. I'll try to read them. I can't read them all, but I'll try to read them. Uh, so, so on the one hand is that these campaigns should have done their homework, and they should have uh, discovered that in order to be a bona fide Republican, you have to have voted in so many of the last uh, primaries. I think it's three out of four. Uh, otherwise, you've got to go in front of the state executive committee, and that's, that's, that's a crapshoot, right? They could shoot you down. Uh, but I don't really feel comfortable with changing the rules in the middle of the game. If they were going to pass something like this, they should have passed it you know, for enactment after this uh, election cycle. But I can see a reason why they would want this to be. And the big reason, I think, uh, that, that would really uh, be for doing this is you don't want people to be parachuted into your state and to immediately run. Uh, for example, I don't think you could put me in Delaware or Arizona or, uh, or Mississippi. And I don't think I would be able to be a good congressperson if I had only been in that place for a few months or a few years. I feel like it's taken me yeah, – I finally feel like a Tennessean. I moved here in 2002, immediately after, uh, uh, immediately after undergraduate, and I just now feel like a Tennessean, and and I and I really don't even know everything I need to know. Even running this publication, I feel woefully uninformed about a variety of issues, so I can understand a reason for this. Nicely said. However, his law pertained to primary elections, making it different. He also cited the Tenth Amendment gives Tennessee. The right to enact the requirement nicely stated that the word primary was not mentioned in the Constitution. When asked if that distinction would make a difference in court, the committee's lawyer said uh, that is up to uh, someone different from me. Next story. And this is one that kind of burns my bacon a little bit. Let's get into this. Representative White hopes to kill school choice bill at taxpayer-funded lobbyist urging. Republican lawmaker Mark White from Memphis came uh, to be a longtime supporter of school choice, uh, claims to be. Last year, he sponsored an open enrollment bill with bipartisan support. The open enrollment bill uh, became public chapter 479, added transparency, gave parents options, and kept school boards from denying students the opportunity to transfer out of a failing school or one that wasn't meeting their needs. Uh, public chapter 479, and I believe Jason or Paula are pa posting these stories in the comment section. Um, Back to the story, uh, Public Chapter 479 is scheduled to go into effect uh, in advance of the 2023 school year. However, in this General Assembly, we decided we we're going to flip-flop, a good old John Kerry flip-flop. Uh, White, who's the chair of the House Education Committee, is sponsoring a bill that would repeal all the changes by last year's open enrollment bill and allow school districts to return to how they operated in the past where each district was permitted to create their own policy. According to our sources, districts uh, would use school board decisions to cherry-pick the best students and trap kids in underperforming, failing, and overcrowded schools. Now listen, the only form, well, let me back up here. This is just my opinion. If you are running a failing school and Mr. White represents Shelby County, and Shelby County has some of the worst schools in all of Tennessee. They've got some of the worst crime, the most corruption. Uh, sometimes I wish that, that that part of the state would, would reform, or, or maybe we could just give it to, to Kansas uh, or some other state that would have it. Uh, it's just such a mess over there in many parts. And um, 
if you're in a failing school, they don't want the kids to transfer out of there because they don't want to lose the money. It, we keep hearing it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. It appears to be more about the special interest. And this group that is lobbying white against what's in the best interest of the kids is funded at your taxpayer expense. So they don't want to lose the money for those failing kids. Now, here's the only type of school choice we really have in Tennessee. If you tuned out, tune back in. This is the truth. We have money school choice. That means uh, you work real hard, you scrap, uh, you save. Uh, in many cases, parents go without, uh, live in places they really don't want to live to move into a good zip code so that they can finally get their kids into a decent school or they pay exorbitant prices for real estate or housing so they can finally get their kids in a good school. And then all of a sudden, after all that work, here's this guy going to pass this bill that says the riffraff from other parts of town, which is probably how they see it, because if you got money, you can go to good schools in Tennessee. If you don't have money, you don't have much choice. That's where I am. I have to pay to send my kids to a private school. I pay six, $7,000 out of my pocket. My wife drives two hours a day back and forth to send her kid to a good school because I can't send my kids to the school where they're zoned. I can't. In my neighborhood, I have seen a school bus run one out of 15 years because the schools are so bad that when anybody, any time a young family moves into our neighborhood, as soon as their kids get to be about school age, they move out. Or they're homeschooled or they're private school because the schools are dangerous and they do not teach kids things. It's the kind of place that you're, and honestly, when you're sending kids to the school that I'm districted for, I feel like people are putting their kids in a bad situation. And that's why we don't send our kids there. And we're moving into a great uh, area that has the best schools in, uh, in our county, but we're still going to private school our, our kids because I don't like the indoctrination uh, that goes on in the schools in Tennessee. They're trying to address some of that, but I think this institution is broken. So I miss M Mr. White if it's really about the kids and not about the school board and not about the school system and not about the lobbyists, then we wouldn't be pushing this stuff. So in my opinion, I can't wait to tell uh, people about the Republicans that killed this school choice bill because they can't possibly be for the kids if this is what they're thinking. Next story, bill prohibiting unlawful restriction on churches passes by uh, Tennessee, awaits Senate in the House, awaits Senate approval. An amended version of House Bill uh, 1694 was passed by the Tennessee House of Representatives on a 73-19 to 19 vote with only Democrats voting against it. Because who would want freedom of religion in the United States of America and in the three grand divisions of Tennessee, not Democrats, apparently? The bill's original version aimed to prohibit unlawful restrictions uh, being placed on churches and religious organizations with the caveat of the orders of the bill would only apply during a state of emergency, major disaster, or natural uh, disaster. Uh, the amendment to the bill removed that caveat, thank goodness. You know, we were under a state of emergency and we had Republicans that were advocating for lockdowns, including our own governor and our, our state assembly, uh, pretty much just hid behind his skirts as all this stuff happened as it related to religious freedom, economic freedom, civil uh, liberty freedom. And we know from reports that have been published that all of that did absolutely nothing. I can remember that, that recent, most recent compilation report said that we might have, might, might, might have saved 0.2 lives percent of lives, maybe by doing all this, 0.2%, best they could figure. We've been lied to for two years about this stuff, and in many cases, Republicans have done it, and uh, it is time for them to get on the bus headed toward freedom and liberty, and, and if for no other reason than to atone for their sins of silence, 
uh, and for trampling over people's constitutional rights. We've got a lot, of, a lot of ground to make up, in my opinion. The bill is now being transmitted to the Senate and will be heard by the Senate and Local Government Committee on February 2nd. Leave in, in the comments section what you think about this stuff. I'd like to hear it. The Senate Committee still has the power to kill the bill before it reaches the Senate floor for a vote. If you support this bill, contact the committee's uh, Republican members prior to the meeting on February 22nd. You can find the committee's contact information in the article on our website, which is also posted in the comments section. Now, if you watch this thing later and it's not live, which is what most of you have to do because conservatives do what during the day? We work. We're not sitting in our mother's basement uh, living off the government. Uh, we work. And so I know that most of you are working when I do this, and I don't like doing stuff in the evening because I like to be at home with my family. So uh, I do this during the day. And so if you watch this later, do share it in the conservative groups that you're in, and also leave your comments in the comment section. Next story, and this is something that I've been on for a long time. Report details spread of critical social justice in Tennessee higher education. A report released by the Claremont Institute, Idaho Freedom Foundation, and Velocity Convergence detailed the rapid spread of critical social justice in Tennessee's 11 public universities. Who would have ever thought the government would become morally corrupt if it ran an education system? Me. That's who. Susan Kastner, founder and director of Velocity Convergence, said this narrow ideological view is diverting universities away from their core mission of fleecing students of their money. I just added that part. That's not her quote. Toward a mission of leftist activism, it is also working to undermine the American way of life. Many of Tennessee's universities and state colleges are dedicating themselves to this ideology. Highlights of the report include all of Tennessee's 11 public universities have university-level administrators dedicated to promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is basically just a, a whitewashed version of racism. Could you imagine racism as a tenant being taught at, at your taxpayer dollar's expense as a Republican? Four of Tennessee's 11 universities have uh, university-level strategic plans for promoting more racism in DEI. At least four of Tennessee's 11 universities have dedicated DEI administrators to the college level. Let's administrate racism. That's great. At least eight of Tennessee's 11 universities have dedicated uh, DEI plans, DEI committees, and promote a narrow ideological mission at the college level. Could you imagine people sitting around a room, around a table, trying to figure out a way to advocate for racism? It is amazing. We used to try to work toward being colorblind, and now uh, we want to... Uh, we, Racism is so evil that once it gets eradicated in one area, uh, the devil uses it by just turning it to another. And if, I tell you what, you may the devil is a bad is a is a bad being, but one thing you can say, he ain't lazy. The devil ain't lazy. Kastner said, uh, "No one person is responsible for this trend. No one person can stop it. Those pushing this ideology hope to change Tennessee's culture and its values, but the DEI mission does not advance the common good or the cause of knowledge reform. Is unlikely to happen from within. No." Now, if any of these schools were ever going to reform themselves, if any of these uh, public schools, K-12, through education, uh, post-secondary, if they were ever going to reform themselves, they would have done it, but they don't. You can read the full report. We've got the article, uh, and it's a neat report. It links to it. There's a PDF. You should check it out. It will be eye-opening. And here's the last thing I will say about this. Why in the world do Republican legislators continue to pour money into indoctrination centers that are just going to produce Democrat voters. It's like suicide. It's like suicide. And I watched here recently, they had UT days, and all of our Republican leadership was oh so happy. The University of Tennessee at Knoxville, we're giving them all this money, and then we read that all this stuff is in there. And kids are graduating in many cases from these universities with large degrees, uh, with degrees, 
uh, large amounts of student debt, and they're damn near unemployable. So I don't know. I just I'm I've uh, I'm not as uh, all for uh, college education as I used to be. Uh, next story: House Rep. Griffey files legislation seeking to ramp up election uh, crime prosecution in Tennessee. This legislative session, Representative Bruce Griffey has filed several new election integrity measures. The most recent is House Bill 2305, which uh, seeks to ramp up the prosecution of election fraud in Tennessee. Specifically, it requires the comptroller, uh, director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, and each district attorney in the state to designate personnel in the respective departments as election crime specialists and require the Tennessee coordinator of elections to provide annual training to these designated specialists for the purpose of prosecuting election fraud. Griffey's legislation is similar to that proposed in Florida by Governor Ron DeSantis. Lord, if only we had uh, a governor with the courage of, of DeSantis or Abbott who would not lead from behind, but instead who was driven by conservative convictions would work on some of this story. You can see the story uh, in the comment section just posted now. Uh, it's called for the formation of an Office of Election Crime and Security to investigate election crime in Florida. Griffey explained election reform is not just important to my constituents, but it is a national priority. Fair and honest elections are fundamental to the success of our republic. We must ensure that no one person's vote is stolen or diluted by fraud. We need fair and secure election processes that restore and inspire us to the utmost confidence by voters and this legislation to ramp up the prosecution of election fraud is another step in the right direction to get us there. Griffey also has pending legislation this session calling for paper ballot trail, which I agree with, uh, in Tennessee for auditing purposes and uh, permitting uh, poll watchers to take video of proceedings and polling locations throughout Tennessee. Next story. Tennessee legislature prohibits instant runoff voting amid lawsuit by Memphis political activists. You just, all you have to say is Memphis political activists. Everybody knows. Everybody knows where they're coming from. Despite a new lawsuit against Tennessee over instant runoff voting, the legislature voted Monday to prohibit the method of ranked voting. The decision came a week after a group of Memphis political activists sued Tennessee's election coordinator because of his effort to stop instant runoff voting, which Shelby County voters approved 14 years ago. Senator Brian Kelsey sponsored the legislation calling instant voting, uh, instant runoff voting a very confusing and complex process that leads to lack of confidence in the voting process. The Senate voted 26 to 4 in favor of the legislation, which was later approved by the House in an overwhelming vote. Other Republicans argued that Tennessee should wait and see how it works in other states before taking the risk of tarnishing Tennessee's voting process. I don't know if you tarnish a voting process. No, who cares? It, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, we're going to embarrass Tennessee and the nation. I don't give a crap about the nation. We live in Tennessee. We do what we want to in Tennessee if it represents conservative values because this is our state. Every state is supposed to be different. The federal government is supposed to be very weak and very marginal, and the states are supposed to hold the bulk of the power, uh, and we've gotten away from that, and it is time that Tennessee's leaders begin asserting that. Back to the story. An hour later, the House bill uh, passed Senate Bill 1820 on a 74-19 to vote after the sponsor, Republican Representative Kevin uh, Vaughn, uh, also argued it is confusing. We have heard from constituents that uh, is to keep things simple, keep it transparent, said Vaughn. Uh, it is unclear whether the legislature's decision Monday would have any effect on the lawsuit. Now, what I did forget to do, which doesn't matter because only the people who uh, probably listened to the very end would have helped us anyway, 
and that is to go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit that red support button. When you do that, we will send you a proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. Also, we will send you a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker, a directory of your state uh, officials in the House and the Senate, that puppy right there. And if you should give $50 or more, which would help me. I'm going on an anniversary trip, people. Uh, you could give me money to help me uh, take my wife out to a nice dinner. I'm just kidding. Uh, we still lose money at this publication. So even if you put it in, it won't come out to a dinner for me. But it will help me reduce the bills for running this puppy and hopefully get to the point where we can pay our people more. You will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. Okay, I'm going to take this puppy up into the hills of North Carolina. I'm going to fill it full of red wine. And I'm going to go walk around in the woods and drink this. And I promise you, love will be in the air on this anniversary trip. And uh, nothing uh, makes you fall in love with your significant other faster than drinking liquids out of the Tennessee Conservative Tumbler. It will help you renew your uh, marriage vows, and it will make both of you, if you drink out of it simultaneously, uh, more attracted to one another uh, than you've ever been before. You would you would have think that uh, this is, lo- I'm not going to make that joke. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it. This is a family show, people. Uh, Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News. Love you, mean it, thank you. Uh, do pay attention to our news alerts. Pay attention to that special interview that we just did with uh, Senator Bo Watson that's going to be coming out. Lots of stuff coming down the pike. Don't fall asleep at the wheel, conservatives. We need your help uh, monetarily and through your activism and calls so we make sure that we keep Tennessee a conservative state. Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, signing off. Talk to you next week.